You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And this is Deacon Paul Trinan. We're yeah. up at the Abbey of the Hills in northeast South Dakota, just on the on the very outskirts of beautiful Marvin, South Dakota, about a, about a half an hour to the north, maybe east a little bit of Watertown, South Dakota, for you in our listening areas that don't know where the Abbey is, but it's a gorgeous well, day. I think I think the important thing about the Abbey that people might not realize is how close they might be to it. Yeah, you know. Because North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota, it's right here. Yeah, just off the interstate, I-29. Um, so, you know, you're a... You're, you're a few coffee cups away from Sioux Falls and, and, and Fargo, kind of equidistance between the two. You know what I love? What do you love? When I got out of the car yesterday, it was so quiet. Yeah. I didn't realize how noisy my house was. It's like, oh my goodness, it is so peaceful. Yeah, to be able to step back and discern, discern <sighs> the voice of God, discern the voice of God. And there's nothing better. Well, the Abbey's great. Maybe just a little bit better than going to the South Dakota legislature. Oh, is that is that is Chris, that exciting Chris, too? Chris, Chris, Chris Motes is our next guest, and <laughs> Chris, is that where you go to hear the vo- voice of God? <laughs> you, you know, I I actually um, I, I go to the chapel to, to hear the voice of God, and I go to the the Capitol building for the noise. Yeah. No, but right. uh, in, in all seriousness. Um, no, my, I, I love my work, and it is. Uh, I, I have opportunities to just see the Lord in action every day in the Capitol you, building. Uh, you really do, it, don't work, you? Yeah, working in people's hearts. That's where the real action is. So, you we talk about up at the Abbey. Our, our, our mission is to to foster the rediscovery of peace. But peace can be found both mm. in a quiet a quiet Abbey, former Benedictine Abbey. But peace can be found in the legislature and and, and entered in on um, this huh. this rigorous. This rigorous um, journey towards legislature and and working back and forth and and grappling with moral issues mm-hmm. that are that are being grappled with by our our representatives and so that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited for this. This are interview. you? Yeah. Well, Chris Motes, you've been joining us quite frequently since um, the South Dakota legislative session started. We have a very short session here in South Dakota. And we talked about a lot of different things um, during this session. Um, so looking back, um, let's recap for the listeners um, what things you would like them to know, things that we accomplished this year. Yeah, so the, our session is nine weeks long. We started uh, in the middle of January and we're wrapping up, wrapping up just uh, Tomorrow, actually, is, okay. is the final day. One day is reserved at the end of March for what they call veto day um, for the legislature to, to reconsider any bills uh, that they don't make it past the governor's desk that the governor would choose to veto. So we're, we're effectively at the end. And I got to tell you, it was a, it was a tough mm-hmm. year for the South Dakota Catholic Conference. We, um, we, we worked hard on a number of really, really great bills, um, but and had some great conversations, found a little traction, but ultimately um, didn't have any any ultimate success on on any of them. You know, regular listeners of your program will be familiar with uh, some of the numbers, perhaps, by now. House Bill 1057 was a bill that um, called the Vulnerable Child Protection Act. It's a bill that would have kept uh, physicians from conducting uh, so-called cross 
sex or sex change surgeries on minors or or prescribing um, pharmaceuticals, prescribing chemicals that, that would have um, medically altered a, a child's body. That, that bill made it through made it through our house and and then got stalled in the Senate, lost on a five to two vote in our our Senate Health and Human Services Committee. Um, you know that's a that's a bill that I think we can all recognize it's a, it's a bit sensitive. You know, there's a lot of kind of noise in in culture, in in Hollywood, in society. Uh, on this issue, and we we also have to recognize that kind of the underlying uh, issue, which is gender dysphoria, you know, this is this is truly um, you know a, a, a mental health issue. So a person who's experiencing this, you know, we got to we got to recognize also that there's there's real suffering there. There's a real experience of distress that is not to be taken lightly. You know, we we really thought this was a this was a great bill that that would have just safeguarded childhood. In a certain way, you know, would it mm-hmm. just given kids right. a chance to, you know, let's just let's just grow up and let's give you a safe a safe place where you don't have to feel like you're subjected to, you know, any societal pressures to to conduct irreversible medical changes to your to your body. Uh, it's not what childhood is for. Um, yeah. So sadly, sadly, that bill bill died. Another bill that uh, that died was House Bill 1096. That was a bill that would have banned commercial surrogacy in in South Dakota, and that one was uh, really strong right out of the gate. Uh, Eleven to one uh, vote in the House Judiciary Committee that first heard it. Just a great, great vote. Really solid testimony. Uh, strong, strong vote on the House floor also. But then also made it over to that that Senate Health and Human Services Committee where 1057 died, and in 1096. Uh, did a little bit better. The vote was a little closer. It was a four to three vote. Um, again, some some strong testimony, um, but but didn't quite have the traction. And you know that's a uh, it can be a heavy lift uh, for our legislature because they they're really they're citizen legislators. They're part time, and this it was a new issue for a lot of them to really think through. Um, but but some great conversations were had nonetheless. And then, and then finally, a last one that that your listeners may may remember is Senate Bill 64. It started out as a bill that would have removed capital punishment as a possible sentence for a, uh, a criminal convicted of a capital crime if they had a, a history of diagnosed serious mental illness. Kind of just really recognizing the, the humanity of, of 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 even people that have committed horrendous crimes, but have that. Um, that struggle that was it was amended um, following some discussions with the attorney general's office to make it a mitigating factor in a list of other mitigating factors for a jury to consider still a good bill and and lost on a four to three vote in the Senate Judiciary Committee um, so that's that's kind of the recap of some of the bills we did have uh, to just close on a note of victory here <laughs> in our recap uh, just this last week, uh, both the House and the Senate approved uh, a resolution, House Concurrent Resolution 6020. There, uh, it was a resolution that was drawing attention to a recent policy position taken by the National Education Association. It's the largest union, the largest professional interest group in the nation, wow. uh, membership-wise. Very powerful, very influential. And just this last summer, has taken an official 
position in favor of uh, more or less unlimited abortion and uh, uh, Roe versus Wade and in, in, in its uh, legal progeny, which is just kind of baffling on several levels. Um, but the legislature very appropriately thought uh, that it would, it would be a, just a good use of their voice to draw attention to this and, and to use some strong language encouraging the NEA to reverse its position. Well, and you've been talking a lot about um, things that we maybe weren't successful with, but I think it also voices how important it is that we get out there and vote when the time comes for these senators, for these legislatures, because it does make a difference. But these topics have been brought up and talked about now, so is that going to gain us some ground? Yeah, I, you know, I think it, I think it will. Um, there's uh, some of your Minnesota listeners may appreciate this. I used to live in Minnesota, and I remember Bishop Cousins, who's the auxiliary bishop in the Twin Cities, the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. I remember him saying once in a homily, if, if, you, um, if you don't fail at your Lenten resolution, you probably didn't pick something hard enough. And I kind of I feel like that, that's a bit what happened here is like, hey, we backed some, we picked some tough bills. You know, there was, um, there, there was a chance of uh, a feasibility of success, but at the same time, these were not, these were not easy bills necessarily, mm-hmm. to, necessarily to back. Um, and we, we did experience some failure, but that's okay. You know, now we've got the, the issues are out there, there's more discussion, and... I, I know our legislators, just because they get these, uh, these, these poor people, they, get, um, they, they just get bombarded with uh, phone calls and emails. People in other states sometimes don't realize that our state legislators, they don't have staff members helping them. They don't have you know, an office full of people. They literally have a desk on the floor in, in the oh. chamber in which they work, and they've got an email account, and they've got a you know, phone. So it's like they're... These, these poor people, they, they get a bit fatigued with these issues. But over the summertime and the off season, they'll get a second win. They'll be ready to come back and re-engage with, with issues again. And as I you know, just kind of gently remind a lot of my um, you know, friends in the lobbying corps or, or the, the people with whom I have good relationships in our legislature is, you know, the, the Catholic Church isn't, isn't going anywhere on these issues. We're just... <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we've just been telling the truth for a long, long time, and it happens that, you know, some of these issues that people have never heard about before, it's now we have an occasion to, 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 to tell the truth on them. That, that's kind of how history works, is the Church speaks the truth on, on whatever it is that is, that is relevant um, in society and culture at the time. You know, we can see that even from the early days of the, the pro-life movement from the late 60s and early 70s. It was a bit lonely for the Catholic Church at times, but mm-hmm. we've just been consistent and, and telling the truth ever since. And um, Chris, one of the, good when, when I was in deacon formation, they, they said the definition of a prophet is one that speaks the truth to power. To speak the truth to power. And I love that definition, and mm. there's a lot of power out there. When you're talking about this largest association or union uh, of the National Education Association and them adopting this unlimited abortion um, stance. That's power. That's power. I, I'm, you know, something else you said spoke to my heart when you talked about the citizen legislature that's in the legislators that are in South Dakota, and I think a lot of our states around here 
pretty similar, the ones that I've gotten to know in my home state in, in Minnesota and things like that. But I want to look behind the curtain a little bit on, on why were these bills, these particular bills, how did they come to be the forefront, the ones that were tackled, maybe not successfully, but at least initiated and not going to go away. Why yeah. those particular bills, Chris? Can you give our listeners a, a little quick idea of how that occurs? Yeah, so, you know, that's a that's a great question. And it, um, you know, the Greek philosophers had this saying that has kind of been adopted by the Church, that uh, prudence is the charioteer of the other virtues, meaning it's the driver, it's the one that steers. So, so really, we just bring the virtue of, of prudence into it. And, and my my bosses, the bishops of the two dioceses of South Dakota, well, you know, in Rapid City, we've got Father Malai filling in as uh, administrator while we await a bishop. But the bishops make make decisions as they're as they're looking at the bills. They're and, and they're doing that based upon what are some of the most pressing issues of of justice, of common good, of of where is the where is the truth um, most needed to be spoken within society? So they're kind of hmm. you know taking a broad look at, at society. And one of the things that one of a, a common thread we can see between the, both of the two um, ten fifty seven and ten ninety six the the gender dysphoria bill and the commercial surrogacy bill mm-hmm. is that both of those philosophically are related to the family, the authentic family as right. as ordained by God in nature. Yeah. So uh, Pope Francis has been very clear that, that gender ideology undermines the very anthropological basis for the family. If gender difference isn't something that proceeds from nature, we, there is no complementarity, which is, you know, sexual complementarity is the basis for the family. And then on the commercial surrogacy bill, 1096, that bill strikes at, at the very heart of what is the meaning of of motherhood. This is the very essence of the mother-child relationship. Is a child just something, is, it, is the child a, a commodity to be so-called gestated by a mother, mm-hmm. and then and then for the, for the express purpose of, of being transferred to another, another person or couple? Hmm. Uh, so those are, those are some of the factors that can, that can go into it. Yeah, a, a commodity or a utility, sometimes the popes have used that. Mm-hmm. Is it just a utilitarian um, action of of raise, of having a child, and yeah. and for goodness sakes, it's it's being made in the image and likeness of God, and we don't we don't commercialize those things. Right. We don't give those away or sell those away. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us today. We only have about 30 seconds left. We had a lot of things that we wanted to talk about, but there are things on the horizon people need to be looking out for. Can you give us a website for us in South Dakota that might be interested in checking out what might be coming down the pike for us? Yeah, um, so there will be updates coming in, in the months ahead. You know, of course, we're in a presidential election year, right. uh, and... Customarily, the U.S. bishops update their letter, Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. And then um, this year in South Dakota, we're also going to have a couple of, of ballot measures that may be of interest to, to Catholics. Uh, two initiated measures concerning marijuana, one on recreational, one on medical. And, and then the legislature has just referred to the ballot a measure concerning uh, sports betting in, in Deadwood, South Dakota. 
So, you know, stay tuned. South Dakota SD Catholic Conference dot org is is where people can find uh, more information in the months ahead. And um, and we may tackle some of those interesting issues in our podcast, Faith and Politics, also. Um, that it'll be getting, uh, it, we slowed down just a little bit, but we're going to be picking, picking that back up as I transition out of, out of session and going to be having some great, great guests on that show. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us again today. Yeah, you. may you continue to do your work, both in your family and, and with the legislature, with great wisdom and discernment, Chris. God bless you. Thank you, Deacon. All right. Wow. You, I think you could have talked to Chris Motes for a really long time. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. That's a you well, were writing got, a lot one, of notes. One of my one of my good friend one of the um one of my bosses here at the Abbey's on our board is um Val Rausch, Valentine Rausch, and he yeah. used to be the former Speaker of the House um back when he was a big mover and shaker before yeah. he even came. And you know it's it's it rings true with what Chris said. These are simple men and women that are citizens. Yeah, we forget that. And and yeah, they're not. They're not these high-powered, <laughs> have all these staffers around them. They're just trying to we're do We're not that fancy here right in South thing. Dakota. Well, we're going to take another quick break. Up next, does your marriage need some rest and reconnecting? Deacon Tony Grock will tell us about an opportunity that he and his wife will be presenting in April here at the Abbey of the Hills. And later, Father Tom Hartman joins us to share his unique and beautiful vocation story. You really don't want to miss any of it. All of this and much more on Real Presence Live. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Ooh, I can't wait. All we'll right. be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 